Welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. Wise Guys is your home to interact with the worldwide community of BYU fans in a variety of ways. We're your hosts, Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. What you're about to hear is the audio recording from our weekly live broadcast. We invite you to join us for the show live every week to chat with us and with other BYU fans. You can find the schedule and watch live at wiseguys.com. That's ysguys.com. Thanks for listening and go Cougs. Hey, the Wise Guys are back on another busy week of BYU football, even as we sit in the month of April. Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler. Blaine is with us from Boston, where his daughter Nicole ran the Boston Marathon yesterday. That's cool. How's she doing? Is she up walking around today? She's okay? Yeah, she's doing great. In fact, we we went walking around Beacon Hill today. It's been just I've been to Boston many times as I was growing up, and I haven't been for years. But when you walk that, um, you know, Freedom Trail, that red line around town, th- this town is just so steeped in history uh, of the of the origins of our country, um, the Revolutionary War, and all that. So this yeah. morning we we actually went on a food tour, and she walked around. and She did great. The only thing that was a little tough was going downstairs after you run twenty six point two miles to go down the stairs into the subways. A little bit tough. And then to walk the stairs up to Beacon Hill, a little bit tough. Other than that, she's doing great. She's way tougher than than you and me, Dave. If we ran 26.2 yesterday, which, first of all, we couldn't do. You'd be live. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be walking all over no. town today, I can tell you that for we, sure. You'd be live from Boston Memorial Hospital is where we'd be doing this show. <laughs> well, Tufts is right behind me. I would be in that hospital right behind me here. Hey, former Cougar star Connor Mance, national champion here, he finished third among the American runners and 11th overall, two hours, 10 minutes, 35 seconds. He's, he's right there to win in this thing. Yeah, he was, he was with running right in that, that pack through about mile 20, and then there was a little pack of six or seven that broke off in front by just a little bit. But, but you know, he, he was right there. I think he was just less than a minute off of the – the greatest marathon runner in the history of, of marathons who also had a rough day. It was a rainy yeah. and windy day, um, which I would say most times would favor Connor Mance because he's such a tough runner. You know, he's such a tough minded, strong guy. Um, the, the, the runner that won it um, has won his last three marathons. And how about these three? He won Boston the last Boston marathon, then he won the New York city marathon. And then he came back and defended his title and won the Boston marathon. Um, he was the favorite coming in. Um, and, and he didn't disappoint, but Dave, this is an unbelievable spectacle. It's an, it's a, it's an athletic event that I've never been to before, but wow, 500,000 fans line, Mm. uh, the streets and they line this marathon from all the way out where it starts in Hopkinton, um, all the way into downtown Boston. And when you come that down that last couple of miles, it's like 10 deep. Um, and the tradition and the fanfare and all of that is is something really, really cool. It's akin to being, you know, going to a Super Bowl or a Final Four. It, it really is a big deal. So it was, it was great for Nicole to have the chance to run in that environment. Connor Mance um, from BYU is just really stepping up to this marathon distance. Yeah. And and now he's run, you know, he ran a, a 210 in Chicago, two hours and 10 minutes in Chicago, which is phenomenal. He ran that time again, world records, just barely under, under two hours. So he's, he's not that far off. He's right there in the top 
15 in these elite marathons. Um, and he's a youngin when you talk about marathoning at just 26 years old. So he's got an unbelievable future in front of him. We're going to see him in Olympic games and in world championships and in some of these major marathons in the world for years to come. We followed him pretty closely. And then we, we followed Nicole and uh, it was a great treat for her to run it. You have to qualify for it. So it's only really good marathoners. Yeah. Um, and it was really fun for Brent and I to, to see this spectacle of a sporting event that's, it's right up there with the Indy 500 and all of these other big major sporting events. So to get to watch or participate in a Boston Marathon is a really cool deal. We are really blessed to be here yesterday. Awesome. Awesome. We've got a lot of football to talk about. Uh, as we launch into that, we want to remind you to, and invite you to follow us on YouTube. We've put a link in the chat. And hit the subscribe button. It's free. Click on the bell and you'll get notifications whenever we post something new or go live. The more subscribers we get, the longer we get to do this show. Our wives are happier. We're also live on Facebook, Twitch, and YSGuys.com. We, we're glad that you would follow. In fact, it seems like every week, Dave, more and more people come up to me and say, hey, I tuned in for the first time. I watched it live or I downloaded the podcast or I watched it the next day on YouTube. Um, yeah, we're grateful to have have new folks following us and people are just figuring it out and, and uh, we're getting great feedback. But we continue to need your feedback. So join us live on the chat, ask questions, sign up. You know, all of those things, we, we need you involved. So, and uh, we're going to continue to cover all the big things around BYU and BYU sports. Um, hey, we even stretch out and do, do other things. Like we, we cover music and the arts and everything from time to time. It all ties back to BYU, though. And it's been, it's been a really fun first year. And we're grateful to all those that have followed us. But we hope many, many more will join in. It's like a superstore. You get it. You get whatever you want. You know, you can get... Uh, uh, some frosted flakes and some tires. It's it's the kind of operation we got. <laughs> YSGuys.com. Subscribe there. You get a weekly email. And and all our interviews are sitting there waiting for you. Danny Ainge, Marie Osmond, Jimmer Fredette, Ty Detmer, Kyle Van Noy, Max Hall, Elaine Bradley of Neon Trees, Matt and Savannah Shaw. Everything we've done is on there waiting for you at YSGuys.com. Uh, today we're going to announce our YSGuys starting lineups now that spring football is over. That's exciting. Everyone's kind of thinking, well, well, who's going to start where? And, and we're going to announce that here in a few minutes. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Hey, we've uh, spring football practice is over, so it's time for us to start prognosticating out of who we think might start. If transfer portals open uh, for both football and basketball, both are doing some serious shopping out there. I've got a couple of commitments. We'll talk about that. Um, it's, it's a big time of the year, like after spring ball used to be a dead time, but now that the portals both open up, it's it's a big time to talk about the future of both teams. You bet, you bet. Former Cougar defensive back Brian Logan is in studio with us. Who's he most eager to see play this fall? We'll ask him. And it's tournament time for men's and women's uh, sports, women's golf, getting ready for the WCC championships. Coach Kerry Roberts going to join us in a bit. Men's volleyball starts in the MPSF tournament later this week. It's a super big show. And let's start with our super big deal uh, with these bobbleheads uh, that you can get 50% off at our friends from the BYU store. Uh, use the promo code WISEGUYS, YSGUYS. 50, you get 50% off, and you got Cosmo playing football, you got an Elvis, you got a soccer, basketball, volleyball, baseball, Cosmos, uh, like 10 bucks each after you get the Wise Guys 50 promo code. So uh, our friends at the BYU store have helped us up. If you want to shop for these, buy them up, 
save them for the holiday season. The grandkids will love them. Uh, Wise Guys 50 is the promo code for 50% off. Summer conditioning is on, Blaine, and so spring drills are over. What are the guys doing today? Yeah, so it's, it's funny. They don't really get much of a break. They'll give them a, a little bit of time off this week to catch up on their personal lives, but they don't stop working out really ever. And so now there's this transition time where it goes from spring ball where their position coaches and all the analysts, GAs are with them every single day um, to where a lot of responsibility falls on the strength and conditioning staff where they're with them every day. It's the time that, that they get themselves in shape and get healthy. All the guys that have had surgery, you know, I think about on that defense, Ben Bywater and Max Tooley with rehabbing those shoulders and all of that is going on between now and then when, when the report in August for fall camp, um, get bigger, stronger, faster. And it's on the players uh, to see who's going to step up and take a leadership role, right? Like who's going to step up, who's going to get in and watch film, who's going to have other guys come and watch film. Um, you know, it's the time that you get healthy, bigger, faster, and stronger, and better mentally. And it's the time that leadership is established because you don't have the coaches looking over your shoulder and telling you what to do every single solitary day and every minute. Um, and I expect guys like Keaton Slovis to step up, be a big leader this summer. I expect returning linebackers like Ben Bywater and Max Tooley to step up and take a leadership role. Some of the guys that broke out last year, like Micah Harper, in that secondary to step up and be a leader in that secondary. You got to have those guys emerge at this time of year. So, so that's what, that's what's going on. It really is an important time of year. I think most importantly to get guys healthy and ready to go physically. And then, then the second thing is to see who's going to, who's going to lead this team from the player's perspective. Let's listen to head football coach Kalani Sataki. Here are some of his comments as the last practice of spring wrapped up marching into the weekend. I think we have an idea of, of who those guys will be. Um, there'll, there'll be some some uh, names to add to, you know. So we're, we're, we're I mean, I, I'm trying to keep as general as possible. But there's going to be uh, some names that will be added and provide us more depth and more competition. But I, I think the bulk and the foundation of our group is, is put together pretty nicely right now. Do you identify any positions you need in the next couple of weeks in the transfer portal that you feel like you need to address? Um, I, I think the transfer portal, we're going to be active in it just to, to see because there's a lot of guys. I mean, um, in, in, in the years past, we just had a lot of attention of people that want to be part of our program. And so seeing the fit, um, that they are a good fit for our program and the culture that we have, the mission of our team and our, and our school, and then seeing if, that, if, if the fit makes sense for them being on the field for us and competing for a spot. You know what it is. That's head coach Kalani Sataki talking about the transfer portal. They are active in that portal. And yesterday, the big news to start the new week was Oklahoma State offensive tackle Caleb Etienne transferring to BYU. He's 6'7", 330 pounds. He started all 13 games at left tackle for the Cowboys last year. It was on the field for over 1,000 offensive snaps. He's got a year left, uh, and uh, his coach... Um, yesterday was saying, well, the reason he left is because he was going to get beat out of his position. Uh, Blaine, when you're 6'7", 330 pounds, I don't care what your reason for leaving is. What matters is you're coming here to bolster this offensive line. Is he an immediate starter? I, I think he steps right in and, and, and probably, this is a guy that has experience in the league, in the Big 12, 
as you mentioned, started 13 games at left tackle. So the most important position on that, on that offensive line, um, does he play left tackle at BYU? I don't know. I, I, I think that Kingsley, uh, so Mataia is, is so talented. One of the most talented uh, players physically that BYU's ever had in the program and knows the offense that he's likely to play left tackle. But um, if I was going to you know, project, I would say that Eddie Ian will start at right tackle. Um, and, and then it just provides a great depth because there's guys like Braden kind that are also battling. They're going to push a guy like Caleb Eddie and going to push Kingsley. Um, Braden can also play guard. Um, so, so I just feel like it gives BYU um, not only a bonafide big 12, another tackle with a huge body that's played a bunch of games, but, it, but it provides depth because they were pretty good there to begin with. And we know how important it is to have depth when you're playing the kind of schedule that BYU is going to play this next year. Cause they played that kind of schedule the last couple of years. It'll be interesting. BYU wraps up the regular season at Oklahoma state on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. So, uh, Caleb can reunite with his boys while protecting BYU's quarterback on the last Saturday of the season. Also, the Cougars have added Utah State linebacker A.J. Von Packen, who's transferring to BYU. Uh, he announced his decision over the weekend. He led the Aggies with 101 tackles last year, has 33 starts coming in. He's got one final season to play. He wants that season to be in the Big 12. So you throw him in the mix with Bywater, and Thule, and now all of a sudden, Blaine, you have three veteran linebackers. Yeah, and he's, you know, you, you asked me about Eddie, will he be a starter? And I think, yeah, he will. Um, and AJ also. These guys don't transfer at this point in their career if they're not looking there and feeling like they're going to be the guy at a position. And let's just say AJ had over 100 tackles this last year. He was the best defender on the field for Utah State. And so he's stepping up. He wants to play in the Big 12 where he can have exposure, loves the culture at BYU. Um, yeah, he's going to be really, really good. And again, not only does he add a starter, it really helps BYU's depth. When they're in true 4-3 situations, uh, do you think there's anybody in the Big 12 that has three better linebackers than, than BYU's three guys? Ben Bywater and Max Tooley and AJ? Those three are as good as anybody has. And so... That's important because the defense that BYU is going to play this next year, they expect that defensive line to get off the ball and penetrate and create havoc, but tie up blocks so these linebackers can run and play downhill and aggressive and make tackles. So, yeah, that he's a big ad. I, I think AJ is going to have probably the biggest impact of any new player on the defense this next season. Yeah, it's exciting. And speaking of defense, let's bring in our – Guest here in studio this week. He played defensive back at BYU in 2009 and 2010. Also, football analyst for BYU TV on the pre and post game shows. Pops in on BYU Sports Nation from time to time. Our pleasure to welcome in our friend and colleague Brian Logan. Good to have you here. Glad to be here. Finally. Finally. Well, you know, it's we had to work how, up to this long, moment. How long has it been? I've been <laughs> I, every week. I've been waiting, <laughs> waiting for the end. I've been looking at Brian's arms every day in the gym when I see him. And I told Dave, we can't invite him until I'm convinced that he's at his peak and that those biceps are going to look good on the show. And, and you know, last week I saw you at the gym and I'm like, you know what? It's time. It is time. <laughs> he so also he's said. He's looking good. He's fit enough to come on the show. Now we got to bring him on. And it wasn't going to be a gun show competition. So Blaine went to the East Coast 
before you were allowed to actually bring your guns in here. Because yeah. there's a limit on the guns. Dang, those look, those and, yeah, look good. Yeah, see that? See that? That's separated by hundreds real? of hundreds of thousands of miles, right there. Those are real. Those don't look. Those don't. Those, those aren't yours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for a minute here, let's announce the wise guys' starting lineup, and we'll get Belo's take on that too. Um, sure. Now that camp's over, we're going to roll out the twenty-two, and then the kickers as well, uh, and let everyone know that if the game were tonight against Sam Houston. Uh, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. The starting quarterback, obviously, would be Keaton Slovis, over 9,000 career passing yards and 68 touchdowns. He's the guy to lead him in. Yeah, he like I, I feel like he doesn't transfer in unless he's the guy. That's what we were just talking about, right? And Aaron, Aaron Roderick went out and felt like he was a perfect fit for the offense with with a lot of feedback from John Beck, who, who trains Keaton. And he didn't do anything in spring ball to – um, to change any of our opinions that he would be the guy on, on opening night, especially if they played tomorrow, Keaton Slopes would be the guy uh, for sure. And I'm expecting Keaton to step up in a big way and take a leadership role this summer during summer workouts. But I think he's going to thrive in this offense. So he'd be, he'd be the quarterback if they had to play tomorrow. Starting at running back, 6'3", 230-pound Aiden Robbins, over 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns at UNLV last season. He's got a couple of years to play. Belo, how would you like to have to tackle Aiden Robbins? I, I definitely I would make a business decision. <laughs> to take a dive? And no, no, no. Actually, let's take a step back. So a business decision is you, you're diving at the ankles and you're hoping and praying that you're not going to touch him at all, Right. Um, now that I'm much more wiser, I would get blocked on purpose. <laughs> that way I don't have to you go just get into taken fi- out. Just get taken out. That way I don't, I don't have to go it's into It's not your film. fault. It's not. I just, you know, I would, I would much rather <laughs> my coach make fun of me for not being able to get off a block versus diving at somebody's ankles. All right. That's, that's a, that's the sound of a mature, uh, <laughs> former defensive you know, back the, who had a lot of tackles. Interesting thing about Aiden for all of us is we were so anxious to see him in spring ball, but he was, we saw him early on. He, he had some minor injuries that kept him from going full speed and they didn't tackle him to the ground ever. So he'll be good to go, but we really haven't seen what we hoped in spring ball. But all I needed to know is when Kelly Papinga told us, remember when he came on the show, Dave, and he, he said, yeah, when I was at Boise state last year and we played them, yeah, we game planned, because we knew he was their weapon. Mm-hmm. So we, we put everything together that we could to stop this guy, and he still rushed for over 100 yards on us. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. And Boise State was very good defensively last year, so he's going to be fun to watch. They've got great depth at running back next year, but Aiden Rom's going to be a fun one. Starting at tight end, six foot six, Isaac Rex. He's got 21 career touchdowns at BYU, and we have every reason to believe they will attack over the middle with Isaac Rex. Well, and Isaac's going to be healthy, right? Yeah. And, and you know, Belo, we, we talked about this on some of our shows this last year. He knows that that he really couldn't cut on that ankle last year. He was not 100%. He was maybe 70%. But he's, he's so skilled and talented and big and with a catch radius that they had to put him on the field even at that. He is healthy and will be even more healthy come fall. I think we see the Isaac Rex we saw two years ago that you get inside the 15 – He's a touchdown machine because he's so long and such a big target in the end zone. I agree. Starting at receiver, six foot four Chase Roberts, six foot four Keanu Hill, and five foot eleven Cody Epps. Below, what do you think of that trio? I, I, I'm excited to see Cody. Um, you know, it, it was a surprise for me. I, I didn't know much about him until he got his opportunity, and 
somebody that is a little bit more shifty, um, breakaway speed, and for whatever reason, he I mean, he just gets open, right? So I, I think he understands football at, at, even at a at a you know younger um, you know age with with not that much experience. Um, but somebody that can I, I don't want to compare him to Puka, but somebody that can um, you know beat you deep but also beat you in the short game and then, you know, break one tackle, make somebody yeah. miss, and then go. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see that. It, it's, it's hard. I'm smiling because when, when was the last time BYU had three weapons um, that they can go to, but then one guy that was dynamic as, as Cody is um, all in the same field? Yeah, and healthy. You know, we were going to have that last year, but Gunner and Puka were never healthy enough on the field at the same time. And then Cody got hurt, and then then Roberts came in, and he got banged up. Uh, We do know, Blaine, that they're going to shop for a couple more guys in that receiving core, and maybe somebody who could actually pop in ahead of one of those three, which is hard to imagine. Yeah, what what they're really looking for in the transfer portal is – they need what they would call a lid lifter. That's, I mean, that's a term I, I like to use where somebody that um, can run, get down the field, either vertical on the sideline or down the middle of the field and cause that secondary to just turn and run so that you create bigger seams and gaps between the linebackers and the safety. So somebody that can get out great speed and ability to get deep um, and then will take the lid off of that defense and, you know, both Puka and Gunner could do that last year. And I realize neither of them were healthy the whole season. Um, Cody has the potential, but he's more of a get me the ball in space underneath. Let me run routes, catch the ball. I'll make people miss. He's not really that guy that just go run by people. Um, and and neither, neither are the – I mean, we see Keanu, those guys catch deep balls. They, they take advantage of their size a lot. But I'm talking about a 10-3 – Hundred meters, 10, 400 meters kind of a guy. The defense is just go, oh, crap, I just need to get my back pedal right now, guys. I know they're trying to find somebody like that to complement this really, really good group that we just talked about. Maybe they should go um, look for a, a track star, a track in, star. In, 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 the, in the transfer portal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's we, 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 we talk about this a lot. Um, finding guys with certain attributes that you want, right, and then develop them and make them t- into a into a football player. I'm not sure if if a transfer portal type of guy, if you can do that, depending on how much time he has, you know, available. Right. But I, I I think thinking out the box a little bit and maybe recruiting some guys on our track team and and testing testing things out, or maybe finding somebody on another track team. Um, around the nation that has experience, you know, playing football as well. All I know is I was at practice the other day and Keanu Hill walked past me and I said to the guys, I go, that right there is a big 12 receiver, uh, a big 12 body. And he was huge Blaine, right up until he went over and stood by the offensive line, which might be the deepest position <laughs> on the team. Roll out our starting five from the offensive line. Yeah. So we're, we're going to go with um, Kingsley, uh, we, we've already talked talked about him. Suamata E is 6'6", 315. And I'm going to give him the nod at left tackle. And then Paul Miley at left guard played center at Utah, started a bunch of games. He's 320. Uh, All these guys are big, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Connor Pay at center, who was such a good anchor to that offensive line. The last couple of years, really, at 6'5", and 312. Um, Juan uh, Lapawahu at 6'4", and 310 at the right guard. And then I'm going to give the nod to Caleb Eddie coming in from Oklahoma State. Started 13 games 
at left tackle last year, at right tackle at 6'7 and 330 pounds. And I mentioned like Braden Kime at 6'8 and 300 plus. Um, the solid tie, um, a transfer who also has looked really, really good in spring ball. Those, those guys could also play a factor and find their way into the starting lineup. But if not, it gives BYU some nice, nice depth. We just gave, I just gave you seven guys there yeah. that I think are quality, quality players um, that, that can play on that offensive line. It's a big, physical, nasty group that should be really dominating and really compete well in that league. Who do you think is most happy about that group, Keaton Slovis or Aiden Robbins? It's a tie. It has to be a tie. <laughs> I'm going to say Aiden. I'm going to say Aiden. I'm going to say Aiden. I'm gonna say Aiden. It, they, they can both really pass block. Or, or that line can really pass block. We know, we know they can do that. Um, I don't think Keaton Slovis loved the offensive line that they had at Pittsburgh. So I think he's going to be very grateful. Um, and what a jump in talent level in front of him. This will be for Aiden Robbins. Yeah, for you sure. Know, Keaton Slovis had some quality talent in front of him when he was at USC for a couple of years, right? So he knows what that, he knows what those guys that size look like and what a really good line looks like. Cause they were really good his first couple of years. Aiden Robbins, this is such a step up in talent level on the offensive line from what he had. He he'll have the biggest smile on his face yeah. when when there's some giant holes for him. To <laughs> well, run that's, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I always will tell this, this this story all the time. Um, I remember my my junior year. So I, I played Oklahoma. That was my first game, and I had that that D one kind of you know look on my face like, oh my gosh, this is you know this D one football. Then. By halfway through, things kind of settled down. You know, I made a few plays here and there, and I felt like I belonged. Then we played Tulane, um, which was like, wait, what, what conference? I don't even know, Conference USA, something yeah. like that, or Sunbelt. And when I tell you there was maybe 50 people in the stadium watching us, they were literally all of our fans, right? <laughs> um, and, and so just a program that just wasn't that good when we played. And I kind of got a little bit, you know, like a little swag. I was like, oh, this is deep. Oh, this is easy. Okay. Okay. And then we played Florida State at home. Oh, yeah. And I remember I, I saw a, um, I thought it was a tight end running with me. It was, it was a screen. It was screen to my side. And I'm down the field and I'm looking. I was like, who, what is this tight end doing over here? Like, and I look up and it's a, it's the tackle. And he's like six, 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 seven. I think he ended up getting drafted too, like a second round, um, and just lean. And he he looked like a Ford playing basketball. And I remember talking to Brandon Bradley about it because he's from Florida, and he was like, "Man, like the ACC and 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 kids are coming out of Texas and Florida, like we're just different. It's just way different than than California kids." <laughs> and that was my first eye opener that there's levels. Yeah, there's there's literally levels. Um, in, in college football, especially when you start to look at the, the conferences. So, yeah, he's, I think, I think he's going to be looking his chops. BYU TV football analyst Brian Logan's on the Wise Guys this week. Let's roll out the defensive starters uh, for the game, which let's say is in five minutes. So these are the guys that are taking the field. And we mentioned them a moment ago. Let's start with those linebackers, Blaine. Yeah, let, let Ben Bywater at 6'3 and 235 pounds. He looks like Hercules. Um, when, when you see him, th- this guy is, man, he, he plays the part. Like, he looks like an NFL backer, can run and is physical. He's led the team in tackles the last couple of years. It won't be any exception this year. Alongside of him, he's 6'3", 
215. I, I think Max is going to be more like 220 to 225 by the time we get to fall season. Is Max Tooley, who's so good in space and so physical. He needs to put a little weight on. He's so physical, he's going to knock himself out out there. Yeah. Um, and then, remember, we just talked about this. Um, at 6'3 and 230 pounds, the Utah State transfer. Um, and I, I don't even know if we're saying his last name right, Dave. A.J. Uh, von, von Pachna? Von, I think Von Packnan. Uh, Von Yeah, we're going to call him AJ. We have to ask him, but then you know what? That's not going to be good enough. We're going to have to ask his mom yeah. to actually find <laughs> that's out. That's where we get the truth. That's yeah. when you know. That's when we find out what how you really say it. But, Von Packen, I believe, is, is 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 that's what I've heard the most. Von Packen. Well, so Ben, Max, and AJ um, at those linebackers, as I already mentioned previously, that's as good as anybody has from a talent level. That is. That is the heart and soul of this defense. You keep those three guys healthy, you're going to get a tremendous amount of production out of those guys. Starting at cornerback, uh, All-American Eddie Heckard, the transfer from Weber State, and Jacob Robinson, Heckard's 5'10", Robinson's 5'11", and uh, they should be solid at the corners. What do you think of those two, Bilo? Um, I've I've come to love everything about Jacob um, starting last year. Actually, no, starting 2000, two, years two, yeah, two years ago, I remember I was on set with you guys and we were playing Utah and he had made this play in the end zone. And I turned to Uncle B and I was like, Uncle, who, who is that? And he, you know, he started breaking him down. And I said, and then he made two more plays later on in that game. And I said, that's going to be the best cornerback um, coming out of BYU. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Period. So like, what? And, and, um, I was at the pro day and at, at, on the sideline, I was talking to Rod Daniel, you know, former defensive yeah. back, and, and he played four years in the NFL, and he's playing still in Canada now, and he trains a couple of kids, and, and he said, you know what I love about Jacob is his work ethic. He never misses any, any sessions with me, and he, he's like a sponge. Everything that I say to him, um, he, he, he takes it and he applies it immediately. And we all know, you know, what happens when we, we take knowledge and apply it, it becomes wisdom. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it seems like he has everything working for him. And, <clears throat> and right now, too, he's which I think will really help him get to the next level and some eyeballs is he's trying to return some punts and kicks as well. So good. If he can get that going. Um, man, I think he has a, I think he has a good chance. All right. The starting safeties, Blaine. Yeah, I, I think Micah Harper, who's a proven entity, really came on last year. I saw him make some hits in spring ball on live days where I was just like, oh, my goodness. He's just such a great physical presence. Um, and so I, I think he'll get the nod at strong safety. And then Malik Moore, who, who hopefully people haven't forgot about, but a guy with great range that, that started free safety the year before last, sat out last year, got injured, I think in the first game of the season, and then sat out and redshirted last season. He's back and healthy for his senior campaign, and uh, that gives him a lot of uh, range in the, in the back end of that defense. He covers a lot of ground and has good ball skills. We saw him have multiple pickoffs um, two years ago. It's a pretty solid safety group. They're really looking for some depth in, the, in that safety position, and so I think that the twos and threes are still up for grabs. I think they may be looking for – some help in the transfer portal at the safety position as well, uh, because it's a very talented first group, um, but a group where they need to find some depth. The defensive line, like the offensive line, is a deep group of candidates now, especially as uh, the portal has has brought some strength to them. You got the returner, Tyler Batty, who's 6'5", 273, and healthy 
and loving this new defense. We've had a chance to visit with him. Isaiah Banya, 6'4", 235, transfer from Boise State. John Nelson's moved inside at 6'4", 275. And then Blaine like either Nisa Mahe or Caden Haas, two guys right about the same height and 315, 305 pounds between them. Yeah, and extremely strong lower bodies. And, and, it, and it's interesting because I feel like Nisa and Caden will be big beneficiaries of the new scheme de- uh, defensively. Um, they're, they're not as long as, as some of the guys we, we've seen inside at nose, right? And so when you're asking them to, you know, engage an uh, offensive lineman and kind of hold them at bay and play two gaps, a little tougher for these guys, but they're both very explosive off the line of scrimmage and extremely strong. So when you allow them to to play through half a player and get to a gap and get to the heel line of the offense and then hold their ground, I think you're gonna you know, we're gonna watch them and go, wow, these guys are way better than we gave them credit for. I think this scheme fits their skill set really well. So I think that they'll flourish in that. And then and and there's so much depth on that D line. I, I mean, there's a bunch of guys that could buy to start. And if they don't start, remember, they're going to rotate D linemen in there. That's a position where you rotate guys. Guys like Blake Mangelson, Jackson Cravens, who was really good at Boise State. He could find himself in the starting lineup, if not as a regular rotator playing playing downs. Josh Singh. Um, I see a Moa. Uh, they're, they're just, you know, and then there's a couple of transfers. Remember, David Lachu committed from Snow, who's an right. All-American defensive tackle down there. And Sellison, um, the transfer from Weaver. So, there is a lot of depth on that D-line. D-line was a position we were all worried about when the season ended last year. It's a position I'm not worried about at all anymore. It's one of the deepest positions on the field now. And uh, and, I, and I feel like the gets that they got in the transfer portal, along with developing some of the guys that are in the program, give them you know, a, a two-deep that's very formidable and will compete well in that league. Ryan Rico's going to handle the punting. Uh, the place-kicking, Justin Smith, Will Farron, Maybe a couple other guys. That seems to be a little shaky. Uh, we're going to miss Jake Oldroyd, uh, the all-time leading scorer in BYU history. And and he went through his ups and downs. And when he was down, he was down. But most of his career, he was up. And uh, there were there were a number of those years when BYU got inside the 40, they knew they were going to have three points. And that that's a game changer now when you go, uh, I hope we can make this field goal. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it changes, I think, defensively. Well, it can go one or two ways. You can get mad and, and frustrated, um, like I did at, at times. Um, but, it, but I think also from an offense perspective, it changes how you play call, right? Yeah. Same thing on, on the defense. We would say, well, because we know we don't, um, you know, we can't, we can't score points easy. This is 2010 when Bronco took over. We were extremely aggressive, especially when, when it came to trying to flip the field, right? So anytime the ball was... Um, you know, anytime the offense was backed up that we were playing against, Bronco blitz, 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 just just because we needed every single blade, every single yard to try to help our 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 offense out because we couldn't score and we and we couldn't kick field goals. Um, and so I, th- I think this is a position where they need to look at the, in the transfer portal or again be creative and maybe go find somebody in the rugby team on the soccer <laughs> team, be tough. right? Because going out to practice, the, the few times that I went out. Whenever the period for kicking happened, I, I loved how how the entire team, actually the, everybody at practice, literally except for me, um, went around the kicker and would make noise. They turn the music up and they're throwing stuff and bottles are throwing. I mean, it was it was chaotic. 
Um, and and they weren't they weren't making them. They weren't making the field goals. So um, to me, that I think that's that's a place they 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 have to address. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do once we get into into August and, and fall camp. So those are the wise guys starting lineups. Which player, Brian, are you most interested in seeing on September second? I'm gonna I'm gonna say somebody that you guys didn't mention, or maybe you have um, Isaiah Glasker. Oh yeah, outside linebacker. linebacker. Every time I was at practice, um, and I and I would you know look up and say, oh who 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 was that? Who made that interception? Or who did this? Or who did that? It was him. Um, He's got a little Van Noy in him. He he reminds me 100 percent of of Kyle. And it's hard to compare, you know, great players like Kyle to anybody because Kyle's in his own league. But as far as the instincts um, as, and as far as the playmaking ability, Kyle at that time when he was a freshman, it was so random to us. We were like, we don't care that you don't know anything about, you know, the, the playbook or the scheme or whatever the case is. You get in and you make plays. So, you know, there's something to that. Um, Isaiah seems a little bit more polished in in football iq at, at at this you know um time in his career um but but very long you know six five i didn't think he was as big as he is i think he's like 240 220 uh, i was talking to, to justin anderson um you know player uh personnel director of player personnel and he said this is from from the acc going to playing being at virginia um we're able to see guys that are prototypes and Isaiah has everything that we're looking for as far as height, weight, yeah. speed. And he said something, you know, that taught us a lot was arm length. Right. And, and how, how long is somebody and what that does for the quarterback in passing lanes. So, I mean, he was breaking it down and it made a lot of sense of why every time I looked up, you know, a ball was padded, um, you know, he had a pass breakup, um, or or it was an interception, especially in crucial times. So I don't know what that depth chart looks like from a rotation standpoint, if if he will rotate, but but he'll I, be in there. He he's made enough plays for me for what I've seen that he should he should be in there. <laughs> Brian Logan on the wise guys started in all twenty four games during his two years at BYU. Finished with ninety five tackles, including sixty eight solos, five interceptions. All that at five foot six and a hundred and. 85 pounds <laughs> before Blaine asks you five quick questions and we'll get you out of here. Let me ask you this. What was it like to come from junior college outside of the predominant faith on campus? Uh, and, and what did you do to make it work for you and have it impact your life the way it has? You know, that's, it's, that's a, that's the unfair question to ask me because well, on the wise guys, we I, ask all I, the questions. It was, don't we, Blaine? it was so different for me. And I think obviously I've had a great experience. Um, I've had other people say that I was, I'm a fan favorite. Not that my, I don't consider myself. I had other people um, say that. You tell us all the time <laughs> you were a fan favorite. What are you talking I, about? I know, I know, I do. I know. <laughs> I, said, I said that. Um, and, and I, you know, I had the best experience. I'm a, I, I believe I'm an advocate of the school. Um, but, but something, you know, interesting with me is I was living the honor code before I got to BYU. Yeah. Um, when I graduated high school, I almost didn't graduate. And graduated, completely changed my life around, um, stopped drinking, you know, stopped dr doing drugs, partying, uh, went back to church. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I, I stopped having sex, everything. Um, and, and so before I even knew about the honor code and, and what BYU was, was, was about, um, 
I was I was living this way. And I remember when Coach Hill called me the first time. And he was like, hey, BYU's a little bit different. You know, it's religious school and there's an honor code. And he's like, there's no drinking. I'm like, okay. And he's like, you know, you sh- no drugs. I was like, okay, I'm an athlete. And he was like, and, uh, and no sex. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing that anyway. You know, so right. so to me, it was it was very easy for me to come in and fit right in, literally fit right in, because yeah. I was I was already living, um, you know, the the, the lifestyle uh, prior to that. And but, but but what I appreciate the most about my experience is that even now to this day, I can freely talk about you know religion, God, or whatever. And you guys know this, and and people that are close to me know this. I always make jokes about you know. Uh, you know, referencing Bible scriptures and, um, you know, just randomly, randomly talking about theology. So I, I think I appreciate that the most that I can be in an environment where it's not looked upon as something weird or, or somebody's, you know, rolls their eyes or somebody goes, Oh, shut up. Or here, here comes this, this Christian. Right. Um, but I think the, the, the thing that I've seen from, from other players that are double minorities, black and, and not Mormon is, um, just the just the love, yeah. and and you think it's you think it's fake at first until you 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 know start to have these experiences and and you go man you know people really do love you they really do want the best for you um, and they and they're here to support you in any way possible and you know a lot of guys in general just just you know uh, black kids and stats when you think about um, them growing up in single parent households which I was right um, that's 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 huge for guys. You know, like myself, growing up in, in certain environments, coming here and, and feeling the love from everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and I think every young man wants to, to believe and, and feel like they have a place um, and that they belong. And I think that's what that's what BYU you know, offers. Outstanding. Outstanding. The great Brian Logan. Blaine, you got five questions for him? Yeah. We're, and Brian, you're not supposed to think about these ones. Uh, it's the first thing that comes to your head when okay. you ask these questions, right? So I hope I hope, I hope this can be censored. Then. And we're doc- <laughs> and we're documenting it. That's right. So we're gonna, first thing we're gonna start with is your favorite sports movie. Remember the Titans. Okay, good. That's very very popular one, and I think it's mine as well. Um, we've had some really strange, unusual ones that I, I didn't even know were sports movies, but that's that's pretty mainstream. So you're pretty tame so far. Okay, your your favorite singer or band? Oh, that's easy, Lil Wayne. Little Wayne. Little Wayne. I you feel like that's old me. school. That's old school. Oh. I like Little Wayne. You know, Lil like Wayne. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, that's a good one. Okay, favorite breakfast cereal. Oh man, you can't ask me this question. I just Come fa- on. Oh, that just happened. I just found you out. You just got asked. I don't. I just found out some bad stuff about breakfast cereals, so I don't eat it no more. But when I did eat it, it was um, Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs? I've never yeah. even had those. They're amazing. I wouldn't, re- I wouldn't recommend eating them in America. In other countries, you can. <laughs> That's a whole nother so show. We, you know I'm a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> That's so. a whole nother show. <laughs> we, we, uh, by the way, Brian, we, um, we definitely advocate on this show for um, breakfast cereals that have as much sugar as possible. So you're right in line. Yeah. So D- Dave is a Captain Crunch The health department guy, loves us. And I'm, I'm an Apple Jacks and uh, um, Apple Jacks is good. Cinnamon, cinnamon life guy. So, but but we respect all sugar cereals, just so you know. So that's not that's that's right in line with what we what we respect. So, 
Okay, number four, your favorite BYU moment. And it doesn't have to be on the field. It can be on the field, off the field, anything. Anything that you just think of when you think of BYU is, is, is a moment that you cherish. Favorite BYU moment. Hmm. Probably when we, when we beat Utah 2000, 2009, overtime. And... <laughs> Was that the Andrew George uh, yeah, overtime yeah, catch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were you on the bottom of the pile or were you on top of it? No, nope, I avoided the pile, but I but I didn't avoid um, the stampede, the rush from. Oh, yeah. And I I remember getting into like a fetal position and <laughs> and you know praying and Robbie Buckner comes and he grabs me and he goes Brian this way come this way so I start I follow him. And um, we end up getting lost, right? Like we're, we're literally holding hands through it. This is this is this is legit. I I probably haven't. I've been you know look. I'm from the Bay Area and, and some rough areas. I've been robbed a couple of times. At I, this moment was top three. I was scared for my life. Like yeah. it was it was it. Was, and, and Max the, Hall tells us he was at the bottom of the pile, thinking that this was going to be it for him. I, he, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so see. I'm so happy you said that because that that gave a lot of you know validation <laughs> and confirmation for how I felt. And the thing, the, the difference with me is that I'm five six, right? So I have sixth graders and seventh graders that are bigger than me. You know, right? And 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 and, and so when I lost him again, I went back down, and a fan said, "Hey, Brian, I'll, I'll help you." So he picks me up, and then. They all, so I'm in the air, and they all, you know, um, crowd surf me to the locker. Nice. That's, that, that, oh, man. That's, that's, that's that a sweet a ride. Yeah. Sweet that's ride. Good. So num- number five is the favorite piece of advice you ever got from Bronco. <laughs> um, when, you, when you start to feel empty... At a current job is is the moment that you're being called to your purpose. So um, listen to that that emptiness because it'll lead you to getting fulfilled. Bronco told you that. Mm-hmm. I remember I'd, I'd made some huge accomplishments and my my full time job as a marketer, and I I. I Went to his office and I talked to him. He and he still mentored me all the way up until he left, you know, for Virginia. And um, I said, Bronco, I did all these things. I broke some records. I'm making lot like tons of money, but I don't feel, you know, I just feel like Ecclesiastes, right? It's like all for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, Well, it's t- it's time for your purpose. It's time for you to get into your purpose. And um, you know, ever since then, I've I've been you know trying to help and mentor the kids. Um, and the athletes, especially, you know, double minorities, but yeah. Um, and things and, and, you know, try to work on a, uh, couple of different nonprofits as well. Yeah. You know, I talked to you guys about a, a pretty, you know, I think big project and opportunity, you know, last year. Um, so yeah, um, that's, that's the, uh, that's the, the best advice he gave me. You can see Brian this fall on BYU TV's game day before and after every game on BYU TV and the BYU TV app as the Cougars get into the Big 12. Will you come back? Yep. I've been summertime, wait, I've been we'll waiting. break it all down. You'll, you'll hang out more often? Uh, look, when, if you guys need, you know, like, a replacement host, you know, like, right now I could be, you know. Because Blaine's gone, Blaine, you could just be Blaine, right in? If you guys need, like, a, a guest <laughs> 
that uh, you got a flat tire or something that can't make it, then you know I'm, I'm right. always here. For You're you on our speed dial. We appreciate you. Appreciate we enjoy you working with you at BYU TV. We have for years. We all look forward to this big season coming up. As do I. Appreciate you guys. And I love you guys. Brian Logan. Good to have him with us here on The Wise Guys. The women's golf team competes in the WCC Championships beginning Thursday in Bremerton, Washington. Our pleasure to welcome head coach Kerry Roberts from, I believe, Riverside Country Club, where the team's getting ready. Coach, you with us? We see her. Can can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, all right. A little windy today for practice. How's it How's it going? Yeah, it was windy. We went out early and uh, played, and it it was it felt perfect out there. After uh, last week, I wish I was out there playing. I'm I'm out in rainy Boston watching the marathon. But uh, hey, I wanted to ask you after last week's uh, second place finish at the BYU Intercollegiate, you know how you feeling about the challenges ahead for this week? Love it. I love the momentum that we have. I mean, our four and five player just shot seven under together. That oh, makes wow. a coach very happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And so Adeline wasn't in our lineup, but if she would have been, I mean, I mean, who knows what she would have done. But regardless, they shot seven under, the team shot four under, and that's some really good momentum going into conference. Is this a winner-take-all format where the winner goes to the NCAA regionals with the league title and, title and everyone else is out, or is there a score that you need to hit? Well, normally that would be the case, but because the WCC only has five teams, there is no automatic qualifier. Okay. So we have to ho- we have to beat them and then hope that our ranking is good enough to get into regionals. But what about what about individual qualifiers for regionals? How does that how does that work? Ranking. Um, if our team if our team uh, doesn't go, I think Alicia will make it individually. She's pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, she's a great player. I mean, have you seen her? Her finishes. She's only had two outside of the top sixteen. Right, and most and of them then, are in the top eleven, only, right? Yeah, I think there's only three outside of the top ten or four, something like that. What is that? Top fifteen, top sixteen, something. Like, anyways, it's it's remarkable, and her her record in the conference is even better. I mean, she has a stroke. Uh, she has an advantage on everybody except one person in the conference. Isn't that crazy? And, and it's not just been it's not just been that she's shooting lights out here and there like she's been consistently good every single time she goes out right and that's that's important too right for your ranking well absolutely you know and that's what as a player my I got into trouble I could go low but I could also go high she doesn't do that she just stays st- steady and so she's someone that's going to have consistent finish she's a Tony Finau right yeah. just top 10 Tony she's top 10 Alicia May she's money May BYU women's golf coach Kerry Roberts on the wise guys as the Cougars prepare for the WCC championships later this week. So you get a, you field a team of five with a couple of alternates. Is that, is that gotten harder to do to decide who the five are? Yeah, it, it has actually. And you know, what's been really interesting is we've had a unique challenge of not being able to be on grass. We haven't had a, I mean, we've, we had to go to St. George to have a qualifier, which allowed Leela to get into the lineup. Um, she really, she shot under par for three rounds in a row, put her in and, and she's been making a difference and it, we've had to really get creative to figure out who is playing the best right now. And I, I actually think we have it. I think we have the best five that's playing the best right now. So you've got, you mentioned Alicia May, uh, um, who's been playing extremely well. Um, Adeline Anderson had a great week last week, but 
who are you going to count on this week? Like, who is it? What, who are we going to be watching out there? I honestly, deep down, feel really good. Uh, I think we're all going to – I think it's going to be a strong performance. Um, I can't tell you what every, anybody else is going to do, but I think our team um, – I really think Anika and Alicia are going to be strong. Um, I, I, I feel good. I have a good feeling that we are going to give an inspired performance. This is Whether the, it's enough, I don't know. <laughs> but we're going to play well. It's the last blast in the WCC. How has this conference that's been really good to BYU uh, over the years, uh, competition-wise, how has it prepared you for the Big 12? Pepper and I kicked our butt for years and years and years. I mean, the second, the first year... I mean, I think we took last for a few years and I was like, holy cow, Pepperdine is good. I got, I got to find a way to beat them. And we did, you know, we won three in a row. Um, and, and we've created a little, uh, rivalry with them. That's super fun, but they made us get better, right? Like we saw, oh, okay, that's what that level now, you know, big 12, we know what it is. And so it's just going to make us better. We have to get better. So this golf course uh, for this week is up in Bremerton, Washington, right? Tell- Tell us a little bit about this course and the challenges that, that this brings. Yeah, it's like Sahali. So trees, really, really tall trees, but it's fair. It's wide, um, thick, rough, uh, lots of elevation. One of the more beautiful, most beautiful courses you'll ever play. You guys got to get up to Bremerton and play Gold Mountain. It's a public course. It's the most played course in Washington. And there are some there are some shots where you just have to hit the like I was talking to Bruce Brockbank about one of the part threes and he goes, Carrie, you can't miss it left and you can't miss it right. And we both just started laughing. I mean, we were just rolling because it's just what it is. You you gotta hit the shot. You know, and so there's a few holes like that where, you know, it's just like girls, you you gotta hit the shot. This is you just gotta do it. The men will be up on that same course, right, in two weeks yeah. for the WCCs. Yeah, yeah. I love so we'll, that because we'll send them all the stuff. I, I love that that thought process too, Carrie, because so many of us get up and we're like, okay, if I'm good at this, <laughs> I'm gonna like. There's always like, where's the place where it's okay to miss? Yeah, I'm gonna favor the left side because if I miss and I miss left, I'm not. It's not gonna be devastating. I can still maybe get up and down for par, or I can do whatever, right? But but when there's a hole where it's like, you can't miss. Because <laughs> like, there's no place that's okay to miss here. That's that's a tough hole. Those are the most challenging. Yeah, right? yeah, those are the most challenging. And you know, I'll be you know what I what we have in our little uh, vault is some memories of when we've done that and when we haven't. And so it'll be interesting to see if we can kind of call upon those times when we've done it and just step up and do it. Like I said, I feel good because we know we have to. You know, we have to step up and hit the shot. It's our only chance to beat them. So. And I and and usually when my girls know they have to, they do. We were on uh, BYU Sports Nation together last week, and we joked that uh, that uh, I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Washington up there, but I know it's not going to be like every year in Las Vegas at Lake Las Vegas where it's <laughs> fifty mile an hour wind gusts. You can't even play golf in that, but it seemed like every year you you and every other oh, team were fighting gosh. these crazy winds. It was insane. I mean, thirty and forty. I mean. Just, I mean, we're adding three clubs, four clubs. It was insane, the amount of wind. But we hope that the rain follows us up. I mean, we've been practicing in 50 and <laughs> overcast right. all, right? And so bring the rain, bring the overcast. We're ready. Would, would you rather play in, you personally and, and your team, would you rather have just a little drizzle or wind? Which is which is easier to play in? Drizzle. So you'd rather you'd rather because you can kind of keep your grips dry and you can yeah 
the wind just affects so much yeah. in the decision making process that you'd rather play in a little bit of rain than have to play in the winds, right? Hundred percent any day. Wind is chaos. I mean it's chaotic. You don't know where it's going, you don't know exactly how it's gonna react. Um yeah, give me a little drizzle any day. You've played golf your whole life. Uh, you've played on amazing courses. Uh, you've already let us know that this one in Washington is one that, that we've got to go play before we're done. Yep. Uh, well, let's start with the top five courses you've ever played. Okay. And, uh, you know, and let's start with ahead. number five and yeah, we'll go to number one. I want to hear in, in descending. <laughs> Ooh, I can't give you descending, but, you know, some of the better ones um, – some of my, I mean, Pebble and Cypress Point, you can't get any better than that. I've had, I've had two amazing rounds at Pebble that have just blown me away. I, there's just something special and sacred about it. Um, and, and shame on the people that don't like the layout. Like, how can you complain about Pebble Beach? Uh, Cypress Point is on there. Kinlock in New Zealand. It's a Jack Nicholas course. Blew me away. Yeah. What was so cool about beautiful. that one? I like the layout. the 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 course was super fun. The, the every hole had a different. It was like had a lot of personality. Plus, you could see the water. Um, that was a good one. And then, if I can get sentimental, I'm gonna go. Um, oh, you know what was a good one? It was Fan Court in South Africa. We played the very last round of our South African international tour was at Fan Court, and that's another one where we stayed on site. And we woke up or like we got there in the afternoon. It's one of those afternoons, like, you know, Utah afternoon that was just like, wow, I'm in heaven. Yeah. You know, we chipped and we would chip and putt. And then we went and played the, you know, the course that hosted the, the president's cup and Emily Jones, my assistant coach got a hole in one. Like it was just magical, the feeling, <laughs> but honestly, Hobble Creek and then give me Riverside country club, because if you put everything together, the sentimental value, the memories I've made, I mean, I was a player here and a coach here. I've been playing Riverside for 25 years mm. and that view on 17, 18 and nine never get old. And then number five, looking out at, at Timpanogos, I'm uh, Riverside is holy ground to me. Like if you don't, if I'm not at church, I'm at Riverside. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carrie, I, I love that you put Hobble Creek in there too. Is there a more beautiful place in the fall to play no. golf than, than Hobble Creek? And, I had a cool experience there that you'll appreciate. So my boys were all with me. So my three boys and I took them to Hobble Creek and it was before Billy Casper had passed. And, and I was, and Billy was a good friend and I played in some tournaments with Billy, uh, some benefit things. And, and so he was just sitting in the cafe like he would at Hobble Creek. And wow. I walked by and he said, Hey, Glenn, I'm like, Hey, Billy. I said, Oh my gosh, I want you to meet my boys. And so I took the boys in and introduced them to Billy Casper. And he immediately, as he does, just started asking them all about the stuff that they're doing and all of this. Wow. And he just he just so engaged them. And we we went out to the first tee and I said, hey, boys, is that like the coolest thing ever for you guys yeah. to meet Billy Casper? And they said, well, they, yeah, who, like, what did he do? Like, who, who's, been, who's Billy Casper? <laughs> and I was like, you have got to be kidding me right now. And so yeah. then I went through Billy's. I'm like, he's one of the greatest of all time. Like, he's clearly a top 10 player in the history of the game. And I talked to, to him about his majors and, and all of this stuff. And, you know, told him a few stories that he had told me when we played golf. And they're like, geez, dad, that would have been really good to know before we got him, before. before we met him, right? It yeah. would have been really cool. And I said, you know, you know, what's really cool is, is that you met Billy Casper and you really met who he is because all he did was talk to you guys about you yeah. and build you up 
and compliment you. And that was truly Billy Casper. So really cool memory um, from, from Hobble Creek. Yeah. Played there so many times, but that memory of Billy and who he was yeah. was really cool. Well, and one of the most underrated golfers of all time, right? Oh, Hands yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so, a great story. But that's Hobble Creek. That's that's like those courses. That's Riverside to me, right? Is everyone knows your name. And, you know, and you just have – there's just something special about Hobble Creek and those greens. I mean, yes. woo. <laughs> hey, go uh, a freshman up there and they were like whoa okay <laughs> yeah two great courses and then obviously pebble beach my only complaint about pebble carry is no 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 nope. no it's yeah. not gonna be any it takes too long six hours the last time i played there. oh my gosh i could stay there all day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> drop me off as the sun is just coming over and then pick me up as it goes down yeah, and then John Geertsen took us out to Cypress Point. I played it one time. Oh, my goodness. What an experience that was. No, Pebble, I know you just take it all in. But I just was. I just thought, I just want to come out here when nobody's out here and just yeah. play it in a normal day. Because I never play well there because I feel like I can't get a rhythm because it's taking Oh, time. really? First yeah. off, I was first off one time with Alicia May. Alicia May played regionals down there. And it was Mother's Day. I love my children and I love my husband, but that was the best Father's Day. <laughs> oh, but I need to know, go with you and be first off. That would make a huge you need difference. Come with me and, and we'll make it great. You know, another good course is Torrey Pines because you can see the water. Yeah. I yeah. really had a good, you know, and if I go with my team, I think it's, you know, or if I go with someone special, that, that makes it even. Like I played Pebble with Alicia. It just was special, you know, and I put, you know, and I played Torrey with my, my team and, and you know all of these if i if that means more to me i was talking to my dad you know because i said i gave my dad this i said dad would you rather play augusta national one time or have sunday uh tickets for life master's tickets and he looked and he goes you know i've played so many courses i'll take the tickets and i thought that was interesting you know what i mean like yeah. a golf course is a golf course but it's who you play with and yeah. and you know those relationships golf is about so much more right and and i thought that was interesting that he would say that because i thought the same thing i'm like it's not the golf course that i enjoy i do right i enjoy being outside and i enjoy the views and obviously but it's who you're with and just the spirit of the game i think that it, makes it that is. course and that moment special yeah, amen to that. It's the experience and the yeah, yeah. Because the, yeah. the great courses I've played, I can tell you who I played them with yep. and the experience that we the had. Conversation, that's, that's how really much fun. what it's about, right? Yeah, that's yep. cool. How much? Gave, how much money you took home? <laughs> exactly. Or lost? You gave us some great courses there. I love it. Hey, go yeah. uh, go make a memory this week in Washington. We we wish you and the team the best of luck. I would love to. And uh, we'll see you when you get back. Thanks for hopping on with us. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. I appreciate it, and hopefully, maybe we'll so, be celebrating together. Let's uh, do it. Why well. not? Right? We we hope so. Best best of luck, and I hope. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Long and straight. We'll see you. Okay, appreciate it. Have Head a coach Kerry Roberts joining us. Uh, golf team heads off to the WCC Championships in uh, Bremerton, Washington, later this week. So they're practicing today, and uh, and we'll get some work in tomorrow. The weather's kind of you know, iffy around here for, for a good portion of the of the week. But uh, they're playing good, and we wish them the best of luck uh, as they move forward. And then the men are right behind them uh, at that same course in a couple of weeks for the the last ones, Blaine. The last – next year they're going to the Big 12 Golf Championships. This is it for the WCC. Yeah, we were talking about that. What, what sport – we just said this a couple weeks ago, and now I can't remember. What sport is the last sport to finish – 
and the WCC before we can actually say, and we know that BYU is officially in on July 1st, but but what's the last sport to compete in the WCC? I think it's going to be softball or baseball because they go till the know, end of May. Golf's when's almost women's over. tennis? Are they, are they playing right now? They're playing right now. I'm not sure when they finish, but um, it feels like they're on the same kind of a as the same golf schedule. schedule. So it's one, it's one of those. So yeah. and then we'll be off to the Big Twelve. It's just a, such such a crazy thing to think this is a the last for a lot of things, and certainly <laughs> the last for both golf teams to to play in WPC championships. We appreciate having her on the show before their their big week. Let's run over a couple of campus notes. Uh, and oh, by the way, Max Hall. Uh, as many of you know, um, ruptured his Achilles late in the alumni game, uh, but we've been texting back and forth. He says the surgery went well to repair his Achilles, and uh, he's sitting around healing up. He'll be back on the show with us. He said anytime, so we'll get him back on next month. But Max is on the mend. I just wanted to pass that on, give everyone That's an update. I, I felt so bad that that happened, so. Yeah, and he was so, talking uh, trash so, when it happened with yeah, with Mitch yeah. Matthews. And celebrating, you can't celebrate when you get old. That's what we learned. <laughs> just, just take it in stride. Just take so. it, go back to your sideline. But uh, that's good news for Max. There's some big news for the basketball program. Right, six eleven, two hundred and third pound uh, Ali Khalifa uh, committed to the Cougars over the weekend. He averaged eleven point seven points, six point three boards last year at Charlotte. Um, he's a big that can go out and shoot the three. Um, it's, it's the thing that we're excited about, Dave, you and I, we talked about this. We've been wanting them to get somebody that's that 6'11", 7-foot guy that can allow Foose to play a little more at the four and not be matched up with a bunch of 6'11 and 7-foot guys right. all the time. So, so they're going to have to, other teams going to have to put their 6'11", 7-footer on Alley, and, and then Foose gets a smaller player. The, the only time we've ever seen Foo struggle is when he's against a big, long dude that's defending him, and it makes it tough for him. So it's going to make Foose that much more effective. Um, he's a very – Khalif is a very skilled big guy, and I know that he was very, very high on their want list. So this is a nice get for BYU basketball and a nice addition. They've got more guys coming in. I saw Mark Pope with some over the weekend. Uh, this past weekend, they got more coming in this weekend. I think the challenge will be there aren't a lot of roster spots without some major shuffling coming up. Right. So of everybody that they've kind of thrown this wide net out to try and, you know, if four or five of those guys turn around and say, yeah, we're coming, then there will be a different challenge as to how to get the numbers right on the roster. But this was priority number one to, yeah, get, to get a big guy. They're still looking for a, a guard um, I, you know, Joe Girard still out there. We'll yeah. see what happens with him um, from Syracuse. Haven't heard him to commit anywhere. I and mean, he's getting interest from every major program in the country. Wouldn't that be an interesting one if they end up landing him? But I know they're still in the mix for him. Some basketball scheduling news, uh, not from BYU, but in, involving BYU. The Cougars are, looks like they will host National runner-up San Diego State on Friday, November 10th at the Marriott Center. That's coming from the Aztec side. That'll be a day before BYU hosts Iowa State in football at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What a weekend that will be. Yeah, and you know what? This is a rivalry. You and I have talked about this a lot. This is a rivalry that we hope stays alive for a long, long time. We're good friends with that staff. Um, that staff has been kind and gracious to BYU over time. They've... Uh, you remember when uh, when Steve Fisher was there and you know then handed it off to Dutch. Um, we were all rooting for them as they got into the national uh, into the Elite Eight into the Final Four. 
Um, but I would love to see BYU play San Diego State on a semi-regular basis, even when they're in the Big 12, because I think it's a, a really good long-time rivalry that where the both programs, basketball programs, respect one another. Yeah, and who knows? Uh, they could be Big 12 members together moving yep. forward. Very possible. Or San Diego yep. State could be in the Pac-12. But uh, but it's great that in November, those two should always be able to find a date to get after each other. And so Friday, November 10th, looks like it. College Hoops Today is reporting that BYU is going to be part of the 2023 Wooden Legacy event in Las Vegas. It's typically in Anaheim. They're moving it to Vegas. Eventually, everything will be in Vegas. But Arizona State, North Carolina State, and BYU are in the group. The fourth team hasn't been announced yet, nor has the date of the tournament, but it's typically around Thanksgiving. And and we were talking about uh, perhaps BYU going out and getting um, uh, some softballs because of the 18 Big 12 games coming. But uh, you line up San Diego State and you got a couple of P5s here. You're going to play Utah. Suddenly, um, it's going to be a pretty challenging schedule from start yeah. to finish. We're, we're not going to pencil in 10 wins preseason, <laughs> at least not from what we've heard so far. So I'm sure some teams that are very winnable are going to come out on that schedule as well. But for now they're, they've got some big time opponents to, to get started uh, this season. So, um, Hey, men's volleyball, uh, is at 18 and six, eight and four in the MPSF. They swept number eight Stanford to clinch the number two seed. They had to sweep Stanford to clinch that number two seed in the MPSF tournament. Um, Sean Olmstead and Prostead earned his 150th career victory, uh, or, uh, and, and BYU finishes undefeated again, 14-0 at the Smith Field House. Um, and did the rankings come out today? The, well, I've been here in Boston. The new ranking, they, still... they stayed at six. Okay, so they stayed at six. They're number okay. two in the seed for the right. MPSF, but number six nationally. Everyone else so won in front of six. them. Yeah. yeah. So so number six. So the number two seed they're going to face, number seven, um, Concordia on Wednesday at 4.05 uh, Mountain at Stanford. And so uh, you can watch it on Flow Sports or you can follow it on stat broadcast with all the stats. They give you a play-by-play. Uh, the Cougars swept Concordia on the road back in February on the 24th and 25th. Remember, we reported that when that was happening. So, you know, um, this is this is a first-round matchup they should win. When Sean Olmstead was here with us on the show before the season started, they were picked second to last Yeah, as a, as a rebuilding year. And then they charge up and they get the number two seed. UCLA is number one. Um, and they were really, really good, and they beat BYU at, at in Los Angeles earlier. But uh, they finished the number two seed and undefeated at home. That's been a they've had an awesome yeah. season. There's no team with more momentum going into to this week's tournament. And this is this is you know we 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 tease when Sean was on. We say you don't rebuild. We know you got a lot of young guys, but you reload. Like BYU's like Alabama in football. They don't ever have a rebuilding year. Sometimes you have to reload with younger talent. And this is proof of that. Sean's a phenomenal coach, one of the best in all of volleyball. And and what they did with such a young roster is really, really impressive. Baseball team's getting better. They're 14 and 20, 7 and 8 in the WCC. Tonight, Cougars are hosting Utah. You can check that out on the BYU TV app. They beat the Utes 7 nothing back on March 14th when it was much colder. Uh, the Cougars took the weekend series at Santa Clara. They've won five of their last seven in back-to-back series in the WCC, so they're back in the mix for the conference tournament. The top six teams get to go play in Vegas uh, at the end of the regular season. Cole Gamble really firing up. He's at the WCC 
Player of the Week and Collegiate Baseball Newspaper National Player of the Week. And as for the five freshmen on the team, I've got an article out called The Freshman Five uh, at Deseret.com. These five kids on this team, they're all playing because guys in front of them got hurt. We call them the new kids on the block, and we actually compare that in the article to the actual five-member new kids on the block. Um, but, but they're a lot of fun, and, they're, and they're, they're playing better. And, Blaine, these are, these are four kids, three kids right out of high school and two right back from their missions that have had to step up. And they're going to be the guys on the field for Big 12 season next year. So it's a, it's a golden opportunity, even though it comes with growing pains. Yeah, and it's, it's, you, you want to have a good young group that's playing with a lot of momentum at the end of the year. If they get into the tournament, conference tournament, great. Looks like they could just because of the momentum. And it launches them with a bunch of young guys into a, a big-time league where they should be able to compete the next couple of years with this young talent. So This week they've uh, got uh, North Carolina Greensboro. They're out of conference. North Carolina Greensboro is coming to Provo for the first time Thursday night at 6 Mountain on BYU TV, Friday at 6 Mountain on the BYU TV app, and Saturday at 1 Mountain on BYU TV. Our friend Gary Scheide and Jason Shepard and I will be on the call for those games later later this week. So out of conference for a little bit, but um, – Still looking for momentum and looking for wins. And you guys get you guys will be front and center calling those ones. Um, how about softball? Now, softball, we keep talking about this team's going to grow into the Big 12, and that softball should go compete right away, right? Yeah. So uh, 22 and 13, they're 4 and 2 WCC. They lost at home to number five Stanford on Monday, 1 0. So tight, tight ball game. What's a low scoring softball game, really? Um, they went 1 and 2 at LMU over the weekend in a crucial series in the WCC. Um, it puts the Lions in the driver's seat for the WCC title. We'll see how it all shakes out. But uh, uh, tomorrow, BYU's at Utah Valley um, out, out of conference. Next week, Utah State at BYU on Tuesday, April 25th. Utah Tech at BYU on Wednesday, April 26th. But this has been this BYU softball program has been a national program o- over the years. So it's, it's one that we expect to compete right away in the Big 12. Yeah, Gordon Eakins looking for some more runs from that offense uh, yeah. and that LMU series hurt him big time for, for, uh, for the NCAA tournament, but uh, still a lot of softball to play men's golf. BYU hosts the ping Cougar classic Friday and Saturday here at Riverside country club in Provo. That's why we won't be golfing this weekend. Cause the, the collegiate right. teams are taking it over uh, last week. They took fifth place in the Western intercollegiate. And as mentioned, the WCC championships for the men are coming up April 27th and 29th in uh, Bremerton, Washington, same course where the women will compete in the WCC championships later this week. It sounds like uh, uh, that based on the advice we just got, you and I need to take a road trip and go play that course. It sounds like it's a, a slice of heaven. We should anything that's a slice of heaven. We should visit. Yes, we should. <laughs> hey, next week, we've got former Cougar quarterback and 49ers draft pick Brandon Doman going to join us ahead of the NFL draft. And former tight end Byron Rex, the father of BYU tight end Isaac Rex. It's going to be a great show next week. Uh, Johnny Harleen on May 2nd. Gennaro Guilford's going to join us later in May as well as we march into our one-year anniversary on the Wise Guys in the month right. of May. And we welcome in higher, hotter temperatures and summer oh amen to that so hey how about how about we do on this day let's do it do that okay april 18th we're gonna go all the way back now remember i've been i've been walking around seeing some 1600s and 1700s stuff up up here we're going way past that 
So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go way back, but we're <laughs> going to go all the way back to 1506 when the, the cornerstone of St. Peter's Basilica was laid in the Vatican, which, by the way, I have walked that round stairway all around the dome in St. Peter's Basilica all the way to the top. Before. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that on this day, and you're in Boston, on this day, Paul Revere's midnight ride to announce the approach of British forces. So uh, are you staying, are you flying home tomorrow? Yeah, we fly home tomorrow. But hey, I was right at the North Church this morning, um, this morning. where Paul Revere, where the, where the lights, you know, the lanterns were put up, one if by land, two if by sea. Right. It wasn't really by sea, as if they came up the Charles River, but by water. Um but by sea sounds better for the poem, right? Um, but he on his on his horse out in front in the statue. We were on a little food tour this morning, and we we crossed the North Church and went into the North Church, which was really cool. So I um, challenge you. I challenge you to go out at midnight tonight, and then and just ride? see if someone rides past you on a horse. Wouldn't that be something? Well, keep in mind the Boston Marathon <laughs> is run this day, uh, this month, this day because it's Patriots Day. Yeah. Right. It's signifying the uh, the start of the Revolutionary War in Lexington and Concord. And so there's a lot of history around this time of year in Boston. So, yeah, we just took in some actual Paul Revere history. 1775 was when he rode his famous ride. How about in 1783, George Washington announces the end of hostilities with Britain on this day? Yeah, yeah that's this is a big day in history, man. It is. Yeah, it is. 1906, uh, a devastating earthquake kills nearly 4,000 people and destroys 75% of San Francisco. The 1906 San Francisco earthquake on this day. Wow. Jackie Robinson makes his debut at second base for Montreal on this day in 1946. Yep, amazing. 1995, Joe Montana announces retirement from football on this day. How about Which that? ushered in the Steve Young era with the San Francisco. And 49ers. didn't he, didn't Montana finish with the Chiefs, but then he went back and retired as the 49ers? Yeah, he did. He did. And he's numbers retired there, of course. Yeah. So. And we were happy to see Steve Young finally get a shot. And then, of course, he went on to win MVP honors in the Super Bowl and all that stuff. Right. How about speaking of quarterbacks on this day in 1998? Yeah, Peyton Manning. So it took three years for another one of the greatest of all time. He was selected number one in the draft by the Colts out of Tennessee in 1998 on this day in the draft. Man, that doesn't seem like that far away, but it's 25 years ago. Yeah, crazy. Time's going too fast. So, April how about birthdays on April, this day? Rick, Rick Moranis, that's Lewis, the accountant on Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, lo- I love how he says, uh, <laughs> um, uh, he's telling the guys, uh, hey, you, you know, you can write off. Remember you had all the people at that party? <laughs> yeah. Said you can write it off on your taxes. That's why he invites clients instead of friends to this party. That's what he told <laughs> and then someone, sh- then hey, who brought the dog? And then things yeah, got, oh my god, things got out of whack after that. 1963, April 18th, Conan O'Brien, talk show host. A couple of uh, notable deaths on this day, April 18th, uh, 1955, Albert Einstein. And then 2012, the great Dick Clark. Whose legend still lives on? I think they still call it Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve I, I in New York they City, do. don't they? I think they do. They should if they don't, but I think they do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our wise guys' inspirational quote of the week comes from Albert Einstein in honor of of this day of his passing. So life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. 
Brilliant. Uh, Only Albert Einstein could say that. Yeah, you know, I trust Albert Einstein, so <laughs> we're, we're glad to honor him on the day of his passing. So, hey, hey, how about Brian Logan and Kerry Roberts? Awesome to have them on the show today, honey. Huh, it was fantastic. Fantastic guests. Uh, uh, and we'll be with Bilo all, all fall. And we'll have him back on in the summer, too. We have a lot to talk about with him. We didn't get to today, but um, but he was there with us as we announced the Wise Guys starting lineup. I thought that was that yeah, was important. One interesting note, the 24-7 Sports put out a new ranking today. They list BYU as number 21 in the 2023 transfer football team rankings. Up five spots since signing at TN from Oklahoma State, and they're still going after what they believe are some marquee additions in the next week or so. We've kind of been uh, we have some inside information a little bit on that that that, that they're going to be notables, uh, and and you know, and that's a ranking of hey, everyone's in the portal. Who's getting the best of what? And BYU so far has answered the bell for for what they've needed, and we're curious in the coming days what's going to happen. Yeah, football and basketball. Keep in mind, there's going to be some some uh, announcements coming, and I, and I think uh, they're going to fortify both of those rosters and uh, some some. Uh, I I would not be surprised when it's all said and done if they're not top twenty ranked in what they got out of the portal when it's all said and done, which is pretty impressive. That's pretty good because it's the first portal season where BYU's been able to wave that P five Big Twelve banner. And, uh, and, and here they come. You know what, Dave? It also tells you that, that players aren't just necessarily interested in whoever's paying the most with an NIL deal. We know that Keaton Slovis could have gotten a lot more money. Keaton was more interested in the opportunity and this whole concept of BYU's that they're going to set people up and give them connections and mentor them and take care of them for the rest of their careers um, in business or what have you. With the connections they're going to get and the mentoring they're going to get and how they're going to help them get set up, rather than just say, hey, we'll pay you a million bucks, but the minute you're hurt, you're out. Yeah. Um, BYU's taking a different approach. This shows you that that approach can work for BYU, at least so far. Podcast will be up tomorrow. Please share it with your friends and enjoy it. And follow us on YouTube. Uh, it's free. And uh, we want to build that number up and, and get get a little more muscle behind wise guys as we seek global domination so please join us there brandon doman and byron rex are on the show next week blaine safe travels from bean town uh, are you going to the celtics or uh, the red sox after this broadcast going to the celtics or the red sox tonight it's still up in the air i gotta gotta wait till we get off the show and call the gang who's out around town to find out all right. Well, good luck with that. Safe travels back. We'll see you back in studio next week. Uh, I'm Dave McCann. That's Blaine Fowler. We're the wise guys. Thank you for hanging out with us for another week. Go Cougs. And we Go will Cougs. see you a bit later on.